the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, folks. This is Ridiculous History. My name is Ben. My name is Nolan. It's not Ridiculous Historians. It's not. That's our Facebook group. But hey, look at us. We're getting the plug in early. Yeah, join the Facebook group if you like the show. We always save it for the end. Maybe we'll see a giant spike in activity, a flurry of activity on our Facebook group. A cavalcade of content. Uh, Speaking of cavalcades of awesomeness, we want to give a shout out to our super producer, Casey Pegram. There he is. Look at him. Look at our boy Casey. (laughs) There he is. The glint in his eye, as always. Oh, uh, we should mention that today's episode is pretty fascinating to us. We started talking with some friends of ours off air about the most petty or strangest flexes in human history. Ben, you're going to have to... You're going to have to hip me to this uh, lingo here. What, what is a flex? Ah, well, who better to explain that than our friends that we actually brought on the air for the episode today, uh, the host of one of our favorite podcasts, The Daily Zeitgeist. Yeah, we have Miles and Jack from The Daily Zeitgeist joining us as we speak. Gentlemen. What's up, guys? Hello. It's Jack. How are you? So so these guys, uh, it, My- us. Miles and Jack, are uh, the anchors of our Los Angeles operation. They do a lot of comedy. They have this amazing political comedy show that they do every day of the week. Uh, and they're kind of the, the cooler versions of us. So can you yeah. guys explain what a flex is? <laughs> um, yes. Flex, uh, if we go strictly by the Urban Dictionary definition, uh, would be a verb in which someone would uh, show off or gloat in a boastful display. Wow. That was very official, Miles. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. So that's what a flex is. How is a flex different than a stunt? 
Um, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. A okay. stunt, you're still kind of showing out, as Got you will. It. Yeah. Um, but sometimes a flex, you know, it's really about like, you know, I think coming from flexing your muscles, like kind right. of showing how strong you are, or show, f- showing right. off that way. I feel like a flex can come from within, maybe, where a stunt <laughs> can be, a stunt would be more like you showing off things. For yes. sure. I don't know. Maybe no, no, you sure. nailed it. You nailed Got it. it. Uh, thank you so much. But yeah, I mean. Essentially, it's all the same thing. It's just sort of, you know, and then the gave way to the weird flex phenomenon, right. which are just sort of like, uh, you know, just recontextualizing people's quotes or things to be boastful moments. Right. But yeah, it's really just about showing off, really, or yeah, unnecessarily showing your power or wealth or something like that. I love weird flex because it has taken over for people used to say anytime they wanted to make fun of someone for bragging about something weird, they'd be like humble brag. And they just didn't know what humble brag meant. Right. I think they misunderstood. So weird flex is actually an accurate uh, way to make fun of somebody for bragging about something weird. And mm. we're, we're happy you're here, weird flex. Like, for example, setting the record for eating the largest amount of cheese in 24 hours. That's a weird flex. That is a weird flex. Yeah. yeah. And then bragging about it. And also. then bragging about it. Well, and since this is a ridiculous history, today we're talking about weird historical flexes. Ben, you brought this one to the table, um, so I think maybe you should start. Sure, yeah, yeah. We're going to explore not all of, but some of the weirdest flexes and maybe the most petty power moves throughout this ridiculous thing that we call human history. So I'm going to lay one out uh, just to set the tone here. We've all heard of garden gnomes, right? Which is already a weird flex mm-hmm. in and of itself. Yeah, it's a, it's a yes. it, it's a strange choice. Very much so. Landscaping. The fact wise. that I have the second largest collection of garden gnomes on the east side of Los Angeles, I'm not going to brag about that. Uh, that because that would be a weird flex. But right. I'll right. just leave it out there. But I know East LA is pretty competitive and cutthroat in that regard, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. It's taken a lot of hard work, and I just give thanks to my parents for you know raising me the way they did. And <laughs> yeah, but go on. With I it. mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Jessica Sable has not recovered since you retook the throne. Oh man, second most second garden gnome prince, the garden gnome king. Prince, yeah. I'm never gonna beat him. Vice garden gnome president. Yes. So this should be this should be close to you personally because it turns out that there is a an historical precedent in the creation of this sort of garden gnome. Uh, well, I guess we can call it an industry now, at least in Los Angeles culture. culture. Gnome, gnome, gnome culture. <laughs> the, That's what I'm going to call the it. nomenclature. Gnome there you life. Go. Boom. <laughs> so there was this moment primarily during the 18th century when wealthy landowners in Britain said, you know, how can I show my fellow landed aristocrats that I am somehow better than them, you know, without actually doing something to improve myself? And they decided that they would resurrect an old practice of paying someone to be a professional hermit, an ornamental hermit, in their garden. And these guys had a really weird gig. First off, they were expected to, in some cases, not bathe, not talk to anyone for seven years. Uh, They had to dress like, quote, a druid. But the problem was these wealthy landowners had no clue what a druid actually looked like. So they looked more like the modern version of train kids, you know, minus the stick and poke face tattoos. And the the weird thing about it was it caught on. There's a great book called The Hermit in the Garden, From Imperial Rome to Ornamental Gnome. 
like the rhyme there. Uh, the trace, mm-hmm. <laughs> the trace is the evolution of this from back in the 15th century when uh, Francis of Paola was one of the first paid hermits in a cave on his own dad's estate. So how's that for nepotism? Let me unpack this just briefly. I just want to make sure that I'm getting the, the right picture Go here. For it. So they're paying like smelly hobo types to hang around in their yard. Yes. Yep. And in some cases, and they have their own special kind of like uh, hermit habitats. You know how if you have like fish. Like a terrarium kind of? or Sort of. Yeah. Like if you have fish, there's the, the fake ubiquitous sandcastle that the fish quote-unquote lives in. Yeah, the little diver right. in a helmet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. They had a small— the treasure ha- chest. Yes, of course, yes. Of course, that has bubbles that come out. Of yes, course, yes. with a chest, because otherwise, what the hell are you doing with this fish? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, I'm glad you guys have my back on this. So they have these different tiers of hermitage. Some of them are expected to come out when visitors walk by and then— do things that, you know, we would probably find offensive in the modern (laughs) day, like come up and recite spoken word without an invitation or a solicitation. There's literally a dude that hangs out outside my neighborhood bar that does that every time I walk past him. And he thinks that I don't remember that I've already heard the one poem that he has. Oh, you're talking about Ticket. That's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, I got a new one. I'm like, bro, it's not a new one. I've heard it. I literally (laughs) have it memorized (laughs) at this point and I'm not giving you a dollar. At this point, I can do his ad libs. To flex on him, you should come up to him and say, I have a poem for you and tell him his own poem to his face. (laughs) Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, He might even say, I love that. I've never heard that before. That's also true. (laughs) So the thing that they were attempting to do with this was to recreate a sort of idealized time in history that never actually existed. The hermits eventually became uh, the inspiration for the gnome sculptures that were so popular prominent and prevalent today in Los Angeles. But the concept of these being a normal thing in ancient Roman villas and so on isn't that accurate. Like so many 18th century British beliefs, it was based on complete malarkey. It never actually happened in a widespread fashion in ancient civilizations, but that didn't stop people. The facts will never stop you from having a good time with a weird flex. Uh, the last thing, the most famous of the uh, ornamental hermits is a guy named John Big with two Gs. It's a nice surname. The Denton Hermit. He was not himself a garden hermit, but in a lot of the publications of the time, he was called like the OG Hermit. And they explore, like, how you're supposed to interact with these people. You walk up to them, even if you're the owner of this garden, you walk up to the hermit's hideout or his hidey hole or his treasure chest and, you know, his equivalent of his treasure chest and his castle, and then you ring a bell or you knock or you say a phrase, and then the hermit comes out, and depending upon uh, what the owners want from this guy, they either, of course— Uh, start speaking in weird uh, riddles or spoken word, or they pretend not to see you and maybe silently pray to themselves or work on some, like, I kid you not, arrangement of shells in a way that is supposed to look purposeful and super deep. As you can tell, 
Yeah, as you can tell, this is a short-lived trend. It died out in the early 19th century or so when weirder flexes rose. The thing was, we can only imagine that this stuff was really a status symbol when not many people were doing it. So when the ornamental hermit became closer to being commonplace, its social value decreased because people were like, oh, you've got a you got a hermit? You so think- there was a hermit bubble, basically, yeah, that you, burst. Yeah, you know? like yeah. the tulip bubble. Absolutely. Uh, people start getting cheap knockoff garden hermits, and right. then the whole thing just went yeah. down the tubes. I mean, the hermit bubble really hurt a lot of people. I remember someone I dated, their family, ugh, they, <laughs> were, they, were, they were upside down their when, entire the hermit, when the hermit bubble burst, yeah. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. (laughs) Well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I feel like this is really a testament to how, like, this is one of those pastimes from history that really is a testament to how boring life used to be, like that (laughs) that people would just go and see a guy who didn't want you to interact with him and like have play like a weird like troll password game with them. And it it was 
Yeah, it's just and, and it's also, you know, the the economy was not overly diverse back in the day. So, you know, you needed to create work for your weird son who didn't never wanted to leave the house. And so it sounds like that kind of got it started was yeah. just having a kid at home who you couldn't get off the couch. And so you're like, what if we dressed him in weird clothes and <laughs> made him live under a rock in the backyard. And then luckily that gave rise to art school. Not only that, shells ornamentally. I feel like there's another analog here, you guys, in the in the whole Hollywood universe where you have these glitzy parties where people are kind of paid to just wander around dressed in costumes, whatever the theme is. I could see this being brought back for some sort of weird flex Hollywood party where you just have these oddly dressed kind of like court jester types just wandering around and reciting riddles to people how do you guys feel about yeah. this i mean i think that makes sense you know it's we always it's always a flex even just to hire someone to do something that doesn't even seem like a job right and you yeah. can be like yeah i'm paying somebody to do that that's because that's where my wealth is at <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and it's the same thing it reminds me of even like at bar mitzvahs yeah. there's like pump up dancers that you hire for that <laughs> yeah it's like yeah, yeah. they're just lightening up the mood oh i don't know them but i hired them because my i can my social life currently is mostly uh, mostly involves going to two to three year old birthday parties, uh, <laughs> not involving my kids at all, just because that's what I'm into these days. But uh -huh. uh, they there's always like a, a Disney princess or some 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 actor uh, who came to Hollywood to chase their dreams, who is. Uh, playing, usually it's Elsa, although I actually saw the bubble burst on Elsa in the past couple yeah, weeks. People yeah. just stopped really caring about Elsa. Uh, and she was literally chasing the kids around because nobody would talk to her. Oh, because oh, no. really? yeah. oh, they're like, oh, Elsa's so three years yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. she was like, I have to do something. This is too awkward. Kids are so cruel. Yeah, kids are very cruel. It's the, so it's not it, that different. I guess it's just that... It's almost like creating, turning a little part of your garden into a historical reenactment town. Yeah. Which we also have. A it's woefully kind of a inaccurate from, one. Right, right. Yeah. A, a bit of a step up from traditional slavery. You know? <laughs> right. It's like, hi, uh, I'll, I'll clothe you. And, like, and you get to kind of just be you or do something weird. Okay, I'll be back. Uh, here's <laughs> right. some food and uh, a couple shekels. Yeah, and were cool. they just kind of paid or uh, paid in food and the shelter or that they was my question board, that's right yeah. they had room and board they received a stipend the usual contract was for seven years the stipend though you know whenever somebody says stipend instead of a salary you know it's not a, a huge chunk of scratch right. but the the last thing that was fascinating about this to me uh, and a very very uh damning comment on society at the time is that britain at the time was full of incredibly destitute, impoverished, or homeless people. So, of course, someone would end up taking this job. And it's not surprising if someone's, like, telling their kids, all right, goodbye, you know, little Darren or whatever. Dad has to go off and uh, pretend to be a homeless mystic for seven years yep. so that we can get your leg fixed. Do you think his children are allowed to visit, little tiny no. Tim? No? No. No. No, Hermes no, don't I mean, I have like families. No contact. There's a no contact yeah. rule. Yeah. That is a very, I mean, very it, weird flex. Just societally, I would ooh. say that's a weird flex. But I think it's kind of, it could come back around, right? Where even in this country, you have, we have growing populations of just the destitute or people who are not faring well in the economy. And eventually people at the very top could be like, 
oh yeah, I hired these five people to do Paw Patrol for my kids for three years. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. But that is that is my uh, that that is my first entry into our weird flex show, and it sounds like we can we can all agree. Oh, maybe that's what we can do at the end. We can we can vote on whether or not that's a weird flex. I think it is. Obviously, I think it is too. And another thing that I think is, I think this might have enough weird flex ammunition to make two weird flex episodes. This mm-hmm. this alone, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, yeah. this alone. I'm just pointing. I'm just putting that out there right now. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. I could be proven wrong, but uh, I would like to throw it to our guests. Uh, you talk amongst yourselves. Uh, who, who would like to go next? Uh, I could go. Um, by the way, if you guys are George Saunders uh, fans, he's a fiction writer, and he has a short story. I think in Tenth of December, that yes. is like sort of a weird futuristic version of this. Um, uh-huh. That where it's like the. There are people who are paid to reenact uh, lynchings in people's gardens in the near future in the American South, and it's like this weird class consciousness thing that uh, that I don't know goes off the rails. But it's very, very creepy and interesting story that makes me think he knew about this phenomenon. Uh, totally. When when he was writing it, uh, so I want to talk to you guys about a time when the human species was still a little bit insecure about our place on top of the food chain. Um, And this is back when uh, Charles Darwin was kicking around and, you know, he was actually discovering that we weren't all that different from our animal uh, brethren and that, you know, we were all part of the same evolutionary stew as a lot of animals. Uh, A thing that a lot of people don't know about Darwin, though, is that he uh, basically ate every animal that he ever documented. Um, Like that, that was his, I, and it's, I mean, he kind of viewed it as part of the scientific process, but it seems to go deeper than that because uh, even when he was a kid at Cambridge, Um, You know, Harvard, if you've seen The Social Network, you know that they have, uh, instead of like sorority and fraternity houses, they have like dining clubs. And uh, at Cambridge, they had something similar. uh, But Darwin started something called the Glutton Club, uh, Mm -hmm. which was a group of students devoted to devouring, quote, birds and beasts, which were before unknown to human palate. (laughs) They toasted hawk. Uh, they ate a heron-like wading bird called a bittern, uh, and they were dissolved after trying to eat a brown owl, uh, which you're not supposed to eat those. Uh, Darwin said the taste was indescribable. Uh, so that, that might seem strange for a guy who then went on to devote his life to, you know, documenting animals in their natural habitat. Does it, does it seem strange? (laughs) He might just have a thing. Yeah. So, well, so I, I kind of always associated him with, you know, science and biology and, you know, putting, um, putting humans in their, (laughs) in their uh, place on the, uh, you know, in, in natural history. Uh, But he was more about putting us in our place, but then also reminding every animal he encountered uh, that we could still eat them if we wanted to, because during the course of his you know, journeys on the beagle, uh, he ate puma, uh, he ate iguanas, armadillos. Um, he 
not only ate giant tortoises, uh, he ate like so many of the giant giant tortoises he documented that there weren't any left when he got back to England. He had eaten like twenty something of them. Jesus. Uh, and <laughs> he tried. He also tried drinking their bladder contents. Uh, he said the fluid was quite limpid. And you know, had for, only for, a very for science, bitter taste. You gotta right, drink exactly. the bladder contents for science. That I have that sense. on a plaque yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's a very. It's on my <laughs> license. Uh, this right. is incredible because I think of him, and this is obviously misguided, but I've always thought of Darwin as like a conservationist, but that's never even what right. he was pitched as, honestly. I mean, he was a documenter and he, you know, wrote down detailed notes about all these things, but he wasn't exactly out there to like save the wildlife. And this just pushes that point home. Uh, go on, yeah. man. This is fascinating and I bizarre. Mean, to me, it's all it's all cover, right? I think we have it all wrong thinking, oh, he was some kind of scientist. Right. His yeah. main goal was to eat as many animals as possible. I think of him as actually the first Guy Fieri. Uh, <laughs> <out there>. <laughs> <laughs> really had nothing to do with science. The science bit was just a cover to be like, right. you see Chuck again? Yeah, right. he's, drinking, he's drinking turtle pee. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, he's talking about his uh, evolution thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. poor guy. Because even if we're being generous, we can say, okay, one turtle, you know, you might be in a situation when you're like, yeah. where am I get, when am I going to be here again? But 20? 20? Right. Yeah. Look, we've all been to, uh, what's the, uh, the Galapagos, Galapagos Island <laughs> and, you know, tried to eat one of the turtles. Well, but no, no, no. We, first, you, you know, got to ride stop one. after the one. You got to ride right. the turtle ride first. Ride it around. And then, and then you, you knock and it in the it. head and then you eat it. That's just yeah. how you do. That's the order of operation on the Galapagos. They, they frown on that in yeah. my experience. I mean, but maybe you had a cooler guide. The first thing I do when I see a turtle is try and dump toxic ooze on it. <laughs> right. That it will then turn into some kind of hero ninja yeah. mutant. Yeah. And it's a you numbers guys don't game. Don't know this. Miles is wearing a uh, cheese shredder on his face, like, like what shredder? shredder. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys so, have a guy for toxic ooze? Though is my question. Because <laughs> oh yeah 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 okay uh, yeah. L A man oh, we'll, I can we'll, get you toxic we'll, ooze. We'll talk. We'll it's a buyer's market. Here. We'll talk off air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's specialized too. There's certain kinds for mammals, and there's other ones for reptiles, and ones for insects. Yeah, as there should be. That makes sense. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. 
Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Did this ever become a matter of controversy in Darwin's life? Like, did anybody ever say, hey, man, you can just eat one tortoise? (laughs) I mean, I think, right? So uh, I think it was actually more common uh, than you would expect because there's also a great scientist named William Buckland. Uh, he was the first person to publish a scientific study of a dinosaur, uh, and he made it his life's mission to eat every one uh, or eat one of every animal uh, that existed. And Word. Okay. He even at one point ate a human heart. So uh, and they exi- they were around at the same time. So uh, apparently this was just a a way to kind of flex your scientific uh, legitimacy to the world. Just be like, yo, this this is how I get down. I'm showing my superiority over the uh, natural world by putting it in my stomach. You know, it also it. it also occurs to me that this is kind of a weird reverse Noah's Ark kind of scenario where instead of like saving one of every animal, you're going to eat one of every animal uh, just to yeah. show that you've got one over on these dumb creatures and that you are you yeah. know, the top of the well, food chain. And they better know that. I mean. As a scientist, when you spend that much time around the animals, you really come to understand that they think they're better than you. Yeah. And that they need to be put in their place. Yeah. um, But just two quick facts that uh, I found particularly interesting. He ate a 20-pound rodent uh, and said it was the very best meat he had ever tasted. So rodent meat is apparently uh, underrated. And one at one point, uh, his hunger came into contrast with his scientific drive because he had spent months trying to uh, find this ostrich-like bird called a lesser rhea, uh, and he uh, was eating what he thought to be a greater rhea, uh, and about halfway through the portion, or about halfway through his portion of greater rhea, he realized, oh no, uh, that bone being there means this is actually a lesser rhea, the thing I've been looking for forever. Uh, so he had to basically send this animal he was hoping to scientifically document uh, back to England as just a bunch of like chicken bones and skin and feathers because uh, he he had eaten most of it. So he uh, he sent them leftovers. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. He, he did send it in a styrofoam uh, clamshell container. I have to do <laughs> it. Did he? Uh, did he then get diarrhea? Hmm? Oh. Huh? 
You no, can only imagine. I had to. Uh, <laughs> I had to. There's the lesser. You had to. I had and to. Yeah. You are absolved. I know. That was necessary. Thank you. Somebody had to say it. They had to Otherwise, say it. It had, it had to be said. The Thanks. guest was going to yeah. feel unfulfilled. Hold on. Let's wait for the judges. And yes, we will accept it. We All will right, accept cool. that. Thanks Thank for, you. Uh, thanks for taking one for the team, Noel. Yeah, of course. Glad to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> We really appreciate that. So, so far, we have two, I, I would say, legitimate flexes, uh, legitimately weird at least. Yeah. And both are somewhat cruel when you think about it. Uh, you know, I think the gambit was correct in the beginning, I think this is a two-part episode. And, you know, I really hate it when podcasters say, well, we're running out of time, uh, so we're going to make this a two-parter. Shenanigans. No, that's— Our our episodes can be as long as we want. We just are trying to get two episodes out of this because we're lazy. No, well, I mean, maybe that's where you're coming from, (laughs) Noel. I'm not going to lie. I was going to walk outside and see if there was some kind of rodent that I could eat for science because apparently that's okay now. You know? Well, Ben, we, we, we're very different people, Ben. We're very we different people. Very different people. Lazy and hungry. Lazy and hungry. That's it. That's the uh, that's our combo. Uh, before before we go on this episode, though, a very very important question that I know everybody listening is waiting to hear: Which of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is your favorite, or which one do you identify with the most? I couldn't let it be unsaid. Um, I, I was more of a casual Turtles fan, so, uh, I was more Michelangelo, just the, mm. everybody's first choice when they're young and first getting to know it. Yeah, because Michelangelo, be cool. he's like a rebel. Yeah, he's yeah. a rebel who likes pizza just like me. I mean, they all love pizza, but he really loves he pizza. He loves pizza, loves. Um, yeah, for me, I was, I liked Michelangelo for the swag, the confidence. Right. Yes. The rebellious attitude. The weird flexes. Um, but- in the end, I kind of said I was more of a Donatello guy. Okay. Because I like blue. Donatello yeah, really is the smart one, right? Too. Didn't Donatello, wasn't he the sciencey guy? Yeah, Donatello has inventions. Yeah. I Yeah, and the bow staff. The bow staff, which is, which is admittedly the most boring of the Ninja Turtles uh, weapons, in, really? my, in my opinion. Really? I think Michelangelo, the nunchucks, are obviously the most fun. He's got two of them. He can swing them around, do all kinds of crazy tricks. But he's got no reach, Noel. He's got no reach. What do you mean he's got no reach? He's got no reach with the nunchucks. you got to be really active to weld the... Okay, I'm just... My bias is showing I'm also Team Donatello. You're on Team Donatello. Hell okay. yeah. 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 I, I always like. Raphael, I, I, made, he I was misspoke, tortured. actually. I misspoke. I meant to say Leonardo. Leonardo? Because Leonardo's the one who wears blue. Oh, that's right, he isn't He did it? wear blue. Yes. But Donatello yep. is still the sciencey guy. Leonardo was sort of yes. the de facto leader, Yeah, I he's believe. like the Cyclops yes. of the yes. Turtles X-Men. That's right. That's right. Uh, I was always Michelangelo. Uh, I'm, I'm with that. And I, I was not a casual Turtles fan. Uh, I've seen both uh, the, the original film and, and the, the Secret of the Use. Uh, and the, and the wow. reboot. I know the Ninja Rap by heart, and I had the uh, cassette called Ooh. Coming Out of Our Shells that was distributed with Domino's Pizzas back right. in the day. But did you have oh, the toys? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you, did you, uh, do you remember that Sam Rockwell is in the first Teenage Mutant yes! Ninja Turtles? That's right. Yes. Well, yeah. Isn't he in the foot? Isn't he in the foot clan? Yeah, he's like the main sort of like forward-facing foot guy he's recruiting the, the big teens. Foot. Like, hey, he's like, like cigarettes? He, he's like Fagin <laughs> from Oliver. He's like recruiting little street <laughs> yeah. urchin kids. Totally. Yeah. I forgot that he's was the, I still foot. stand by that as his greatest work as an actor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He agrees. He agrees. I think he has <laughs> gone on record with that. Yeah, it's that and then yeah. Moon. Moon would be number two for me. But I really enjoyed it. Distant, right. distant yeah. number two. Agreed. But uh, 
So we we are going to pause for today's episode. We'll be back with the second part of weirdest historical flexes. In the meantime, uh, we'll we'll forego our usual. This is where you can find us on the internet because we did that at the front. We did it up front. We, we still have to thank everybody though. Yeah. Yes, we want to thank, of course, our super producer Casey Pegram, Alex Williams, who composed our track. Yes, our fabulous research associate Gabe Lugier, our buddy Christopher Hasiotis, who is due for an appearance. I actually had lunch with Christopher the other day, and he really missed. Is us and he's Ooh. so happy to see the show doing well. Why didn't and, you invite uh, me? Uh, it was in a different city. Ice cold. I'm really sorry, You're Ben. Next cold. time. You're an ice cold dude. I am not, Ben. I'm not. <laughs> I'm a sweetheart. Uh, but we'd also like to thank our incredible guests uh, who are going to stick around, if you would, for part two of this kind of anthology episode on Ridiculous History. Yeah, thanks so much for coming, guys. Uh, where can people, while they're waiting for this next episode, where can they hear more from you, Miles and Jack? Oh, you can find us every day on this network, uh, on our show, The Daily Zeitgeist, uh, every morning, uh, or whenever you want to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, and if you're interested in social media, I mean, you can follow me at Miles of Grey, uh, wherever you wherever you get your social media. Yeah. And Jack underscore O'Brien on Twitter. Uh, and yes, so much of us. You can find so much of us uh, <laughs> over at The Daily Zeitgeist, uh, wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. And I guess we can drop our little social media handles too. I on Instagram am at Embryonic Insider. You can see me get kicked into and out of various countries around the world at Ben Bolin on Instagram. So that's that's all for now. Everybody, run off. Uh, I'm gonna hunt. Uh, I'm gonna hunt some rodents. Uh, we're gonna talk about the turtles and maybe rewatch Secret of the Ooze. And we'll be back very soon. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills, into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.